Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Lots of oddball stuff to get to this hour. Um, Doug Moots on an oddball himself. He would probably admit that. On at the bottom of the hour at 1032, we'll talk some LSU, we'll talk some Saints, and, and of course his fantasy baseball obsession, which I did not even know he had. College Hoops, John Calipari sealed a lifetime deal to finish his career at Kentucky. He and the University of Kentucky just agreed to that contract extension. It's going to pay him um, for the rest of his life. Current contract runs through 2024, but they agreed to terms on a long-term contract not only to finish his career, but after he finishes his career, he will be a paid consultant for the program. Already the highest paid coach in the country, total compensation $9.2 million a season, and he is paid an additional $2.6 million every July, at least for the next three years as a sort of retention bonus. It's another way to pay him, uh, I guess. But yeah, the deal is going to be a combination of head coaching extension and paid role as an ambassador and consultant after his retirement. So there he goes. It is interesting. I, I'm surprised that we don't see more deals like this, not only in college basketball, but also in the professional ranks. Now, Bobby and Christian had a very interesting conversation about this, I believe, earlier tonight on their show. That would the Saints be wise to offer Sean Payton a similar kind of deal? You know what? I think they would. I really do. And the Patriots with Bill Belichick and probably the Seahawks with Pete Carroll and maybe the Chiefs with you know, lesser sent with Andy Reid because he hasn't just hadn't been there as long as those other guys. Good for Coach Cal. Especially in college. You get somebody like that who is almost unparalleled with how they win games, the recruiting chops on court, off the court coaching and life skills. Yeah, it's no brainer for me. Could have been Will Wade, but it isn't. And we will be discussing that for a very, very long time. Odell Beckham Jr. also back in the spotlight, pulling a LeBron James. Obviously, we know Odell is going to be in Cleveland, LeBron's home area. Remember that first introductory press conference LeBron had, not in Cleveland, but in Miami with Chris Bross and Dwayne Wade, and they said, we're not going to win one, not two, not three, not four, not five. What was it, seven titles in Miami? Only got two, not seven. Odell Beckham says already, his introductory press conference, they're going to win championships in Cleveland. That is a bold statement, Odell Beckham. I'm not sure you realize how bold of a statement that is in Cleveland. We will see what happens. Odell very happy, and it's awesome that he and Jarvis are reunited. I would think those guys are going to feed off each other. It's hard 
for me to really see any scenario where they get apathetic or even if they start losing, you're going to see those guys check out. I don't think they will let each other check out if things don't go well. And again, spoiler, it's Cleveland. Things all often don't go well there. But yeah, Beckham thinks they're going to win titles. Already calling a shot. We'll see. I was having many conversations this week. My buddy Brent and my family and some other guys this last week was talking about Cleveland and how everybody there and a lot of people nationally now are on this Cleveland is a Super Bowl contender bandwagon. Can we just slow down here, the hype train, a little bit? Cleveland hasn't had a winning season since the Clinton administration. They haven't made the playoffs since probably quite a few people in our audience were even born. How about they actually win something, anything, maybe even a playoff game or a division before we start saying, well, yeah, Cleveland's going to win a Super Bowl championship. Come on now. They might. Seems like they're extremely talented on both sides of the ball right now, but it doesn't always matter. Again, especially in Cleveland. Especially in Cleveland. See what happens there. Bruce Arians also made uh, noise, as he often does over the weekend. New coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made headlines last week, which I loved. And we were off. We had all this news, but it's poignant now because I want to talk about how this relates to a possible Pelicans coaching hire. So he brought aboard, Bruce Arians did, at Tampa Bay two full-time women's assistant coaches, Lori Locust and Meral Javadafir. I'm probably mispronouncing that name. Javadafar. What's the second one there? Maral Javadafar. Anyways, two women's coaches in the NFL. And he was asked, like, you knew he was going to be, well, why'd you hire women? Is it the right time? All these nonsense questions. And Arians responded, very Bruce Arians-like, with, quote, the fact that their gender is different. Who gives a bleep? Can I? Can we get a standing round of applause for Bruce Arians for that one? Thank you. That's exactly what he should have said. Now, this relates to the Pelicans' how you're asking. I've been told by multiple people here in the know that Becky Hammond could be a serious contender to be the next coach of the New Orleans Pelicans if they do indeed decide to move on from Alvin Gentry. And no, it's not a done deal that they will move on from Alvin Gentry yet. Who is Becky Hammond? And why should you get excited about this? We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you. And for those of you who know Becky Hammond, I am curious. Would you like to see her get an opportunity to coach the Pelicans, become the first female head coach of an American professional sports franchise, at least one of the big three, big four? 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. Becky Hammond and the Pelicans. We'll talk about that coming back here on The Last Lap. Welcome back to the show. Bruce Arians last week saying, who gives a bleep that he hired a couple of female assistant coaches in the NFL? It's the right response. Coaching isn't playing. You can coach, you can teach, regardless of your gender and any you know physical impairments or disadvantages you'd be at. If you're a woman against a man, it doesn't happen in the coaching ranks, right? It's beyond time for something like that to happen. Now, this translates to the NBA because one of the hottest assistant coaches that, and I'm talking about 
I guess I have to qualify. Uh, didn't qualify this. Like I'm already gonna get texted. Some. I'm not, obviously not talking about physical attraction. I'm only talking about hot. Is in they're a hot coaching candidate. I'm already seeing that on the text line and on the Twitter. Like it's just weird. Now it's Becky Hammond. If you don't know who Becky Hammond is, you need to know because she's going to be a head coach in the NBA sooner rather than later. She's one of the greatest WNBA players to ever live. She played about a decade in San Antonio, half decade or so before that for the New York Liberty, and she has spent the last handful of years in San Antonio as an assistant to Gray Popovich. Now, this last year, she was actually elevated to one of the lead assistants, becoming the first female lead assistant in NBA history. She has so many supporters and advocates behind the scenes publicly saying she deserves a chance to be a head coach in the NBA. Greg Popovich, many of her former players, Rudy Gay over there in San Antonio. You have, of course, Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili on the record saying she should get a chance to be an NBA head coach. Now, there's been some links with her here to a possible New Orleans Pelicans vacancy. There's no vacancy yet. The people that I talk to not completely a done deal that there will be a vacancy. There is a possibility, and maybe a good possibility, that Alvin Gentry will be retained by this team after they hire a new general manager and uh, president of basketball operations. And I would be probably okay with that. I, I really would. I'm on the record saying that Alvin Gentry, to me, during his tenure here, it's been more about bad luck with the, the Boogie Cousins injury and then this absolute nonsense that is the Anthony Davis mess that he had nothing to do with. Period. End of story. He has flaws. Alvin Gentry has flaws. Player management, ego management, defensive issues. I get it. He's hired to be the offensive coach, the offensive guru. He's done that. The Pelicans are consistently near the top of the league, not only in pace of play, but also offensive efficiency. Especially if you look at the, the really dialed-in stats, where if you look at open shots that he's getting his shooters, yeah, he's either at the top or right near the top of the league, right with Steve Kerr, although his guys just haven't been hitting those shots. So that said, even though I'd be okay, probably, a lot more okay than probably most of you listening with Alvin Gentry saying, I get it, egg me on Twitter if you want, maybe number one on my list to replace Alvin Gentry might be Becky Hammond, an outside-of-the-box hire that, frankly, the only female owner in the NBA, Gail Benson, might be in the perfect position to make. She's 42 years old. She's young. She has an incredible basketball pedigree. She's a winner. And she has coached under a Hall of Fame coach for the last five years in Greg Popovich. If Becky Hammond doesn't at least get an interview here in New Orleans, if there is an opening, I would be extremely disappointed. Extremely disappointed. We'll see what happens, though. And look, like I said, there's not even a sure thing that there's going to be an opening. I'm going to talk about this a little more tomorrow, but I am curious, and there's a, a large portion, maybe even a majority, of NBA fans and maybe even Pelicans fans that want no part of a woman coaching their team. 
It's 2019. To me, that's just absurd. It's absurd that I even have to qualify it like that or even bring that up. But I, I, I think it's true. I see the public opinion. I have my finger on the pulse of it. As a coach, I really don't think gender matters. I really don't. By the way, Becky Hammond has turned down a couple of jobs in uh, college basketball to become the first women's coach in men's Division One basketball. And the whole reason she went to San Antonio to learn and coach under Pop was to get a shot like this. She wants to be a head coach. She wants to coach a men's team. She believes that she can coach at the elite level in the NBA or college. And, and we'll find out. She hasn't done it yet, but she deserves the shot. Deserves the shot. A couple of texts coming in on this, and in fact, more than a couple of texts on this. One from the 504, I'd love to see Becky get a chance. Love what she's done with Pop in San Antonio. Text from the 985, a woman, really? That would be awesome. Here's a text from the 504. I am a woman, and no, I am not excited about a woman coaching the Pelicans. That will be the end for me watching the Pelicans if they hire a woman. Do not like women referees either. I also don't like women in football. Let the women coach and referee the lady sports. First of all, uh, you should call in, and we can have a conversation about that. I'm curious why. You don't have to have a physical advantage like you do playing. I do agree when people talk about, well, let's, let's put a women's player in the NBA and see how they do. No, that's unfair. There's just physical disadvantages. But we're not talking about that with the coaching ranks. We're just not. If you can coach... As a woman, you can coach men as a woman. I grew up, in, again, in, in a little city of Spokane, and one of the premier high school basketball coaches for men's there, the school called St. George's, who's won countless titles in the last 20 years, especially since I left, was a woman named Jennifer Mountain. And that was, what, 25 years ago, 30 years ago she was coaching there? And I remember the chuckles in the locker room. We knew when we go play St. George, we'd chuckle and say, hey, look, look at the women they got coached. You know what they did? They, they'd spank the crap out of us. Beat the brains out of us, including, now she wasn't coaching them, but St. George's did uh, semi, oh man. No, I'm getting off track, but semifinal, semifinal year, I was, I was senior, uh, junior year, senior year, and the state semifinals, they beat us right after Jennifer Mountain had left. Text from the 504, women will belong in the kitchen to the bedroom, Robert Kraft. Come on now. Is that too soon for a Robert Kraft joke? If you're an anti-Becky Hammond, Hammond person, not Hammond, H-A-M-M-O-N, if you're an anti-Becky Hammond person, I just want to know why. And you got to back it up for me. And who in this hypothetical Pelicans opening, who would you want to coach? That's, that's really a question. Like If it's not Becky Hammond, if she's not near the top of your list, who would be? Will Wade would be interesting, but Will Wade seems more like a college guy because he connects with the young athletes so well. Just, just put away the, the the recruiting nonsense that I guess you have to preface every conversation about Will Wade now. I don't know if he would translate to the NBA, although, look, Brad Stevens did. I guess we'll find out. Remember, we're your home for LSU baseball all week long. Big series this week, Texas A&M, who leads the SEC West. LSU is a half game behind Texas A&M uh, from them. We've got Friday and Sunday games here on WWL. The Saturday game, because of our Final Four coverage, will be moved to Hot 92.9. Pre-game 6.30, first pitch 7 on Friday and Saturday. Sunday, pre-game 
First pitch is uh, 2 o'clock. I want to go back to the NFL uh, just a little bit and that replay rule change and, and how shocked I was. The NFL is not a progressive organization. And again, I don't mean that politically. I mean that as they, they don't progress at the same pace the rest of our society does. They lag behind. They don't lead, they follow most of the time. Look at the Ray Rice situation. They only did anything there because of the public outcry. They certainly didn't lead with the Colin Kaepernick situation or the social injustice protests. They followed on that, and it cost a big time. I am so glad that you had people and a couple of guys that you would have never thought would have worked together. Never would have thought that you would have Sean Payton and Roger Goodell sitting side by side with Roger Goodell patting Sean Payton on the leg after the final vote and celebrating together. It was Roger Goodell who suspended Sean Payton for an entire year for Bounty Gate. And we know that Sean Payton has not liked Roger Goodell or the league offices since that moment. There's been a huge rift there. But it is, it's promising to know, and it's really cool to know, that even those powerful men with very strong egos can put that aside for the good of the game, the game we all love, football and NFL football. If they didn't make that change... If they had not changed instant replay, if they had not allowed the review of pass interference calls and the play that we saw at the end of that Saints-Rams game, the Nola no call, to me that would have just been a, a disastrous indictment on the league that has already seen its troubles the last handful of years and declining ratings and, and merchandising. And attendance, although this year it was up a little bit in those three metrics. Look, I'll say it again. Good on you, Roger Goodell, and good on you, Sean Payton. Roger Goodell is paid to politic and paid to reach out to guys, even guys who don't like him. Sean Payton is not. Sean Payton didn't have to do this. He did. It's a good day. Good, good week for the NFL. We'll never see a moment like that again. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Doug Mouton, I'll ask him about that. And then I want to also ask him, of course, about his fantasy baseball obsession. We'll talk drafts. We'll talk a little LSU. Who knows what we'll talk about? It's Doug Mouton, y'all. If you heard our conversations before, this one's probably going to go off the rails. Seth Dunlap, Logan Falgu here. Sports Lib's coming up in about 20 minutes also. It's the last lap on WWL. It's a text from 702. Love the idea of having a woman coaching the Pels. Perhaps if we had a woman referee in the playoff game, the Saints would have been playing in the Super Bowl instead of the Rams. There you go. There you go. Couldn't have done any worse than those guys did. Welcome back to the show. Seth Dunlap, Logan Falgu. It's the last lap on WWL. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll at WWL.com. The new NFL pass interference replay rules will mean more what? Consistency or chaos? Split vote right now. About 55% saying consistency, but 45% saying chaos. I think it's going to be a little of both, especially the first year. I just don't know how you expect... Al Riveron and everybody in the league offices and in replay command in New York and certainly the officials to adjust to this on the fly. You can just look at all the issues we've had with the catch rule. If you don't think we're going to have some issues with this, you're fooling yourself, but necessary step. They just had to do it. In fact, 
That's why this was made. That's the reason Jason Garrett and Bill Belichick made speeches at the owners' meeting and Roger Goodell and Sean Payton were basically holding hands at the vote. They all knew this had to get done, and thank goodness it did. We'll talk a lot more about that as the week goes on. Doug Mouton coming into the show now at DMouton WWL, TV anchor and sports director there. Doug, what's going on, man? And let me ask you this first, because I am very confused here. You had to delay... <laughs> You had uh, tongue-in-cheek here, but you had to delay your appearance on the show because you're a fantasy baseball nut? What's going on here? Well, yeah, we had a draft tonight. I'm actually in the Times-Picayune League. It's it's like a 35-year-old league. It's, and, yeah, I got in it a few years ago. Look, the, the thing I love about baseball and fantasy baseball is that I generally pro baseball. I don't really cover it for work. So I can just be a pure fan, and it's fun, and it's, you know, it's a bunch of guys who are fun to hang out with. We did it at Drago's, so we ate and drank for four and a half hours. So believe me, it was not a bad experience, (laughs) win, lose, or draw. No, doesn't sound like it at all. Uh, Let me ask you you about that, the the, the change to the replay rules. Were you surprised? I mean, I I was off last week, but I was stunned when I got the news that they actually, you know, passed the changes. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of talk that there wouldn't be any changes, but it got to the point where I think everyone realized there had to be. And look, for the people calling in, I think that's a great poll question, and I think everyone, no matter which way you vote, is correct. All right, here's the deal. Pass interference is 9% of all penalties, but by this study the NFL did, it is 70% of the penalties that have the biggest impact on win probability. Meaning, even though it's one in 11 penalties, it's by far the most important penalty. The CFL added pass interference as a replay rule in 2015, and it took them a couple of years, but now they do it as a replay, and it's part of their system, and it's not a big issue. I agree 100% with what you said. It's going to be chaotic this year, but it's a necessary evil. I think in two years, it's going to work fine. And one of the really interesting things that Sean Payton said at the NFL owners' meetings that really struck me is that he believes this will actually lead to less challenges overall. They've they've incorporated it into the regular challenge system, but the thinking is – If you've got a guy who might have stepped out of bounds and it might be a four-yard difference, you're not going to challenge that in case Tommy Lee Lewis happens later. Because you might be able to challenge something that really matters, you might keep a challenge of a, a, a significantly less important call in your pocket. And I think that's true, and it might lead to slightly speeding up the game because coaches are now going to save that challenge. I mean, what would have happened? Could you imagine if 2.30 to go in the game that Tommy Lee Lewis play happens and you're out of challenges? <laughs> then yeah. all of a sudden it's on you. So coaches are going to realize they're going to have to keep a challenge in the pocket. So I thought that was really it. There's a lot of really interesting nuances. I agree 100% with you. It's something they had to do, and there's going to be kinks and hopefully in a year or two they get it worked out. That's a great point. I haven't even thought about the coaching angle of that and how it's going to affect and I hadn't thought them. about it either until Sean Payton brought it up. Yeah, no, it's it's great. I Look, I love Jordan Peele. He's starting the you know the new Twilight Zone series. I thought I was in the Twilight right. Zone when I saw like friendly physical contact between Roger Goodell and Sean Payton. You talk, you talk about something yeah. that needed to get done. If those guys are coming yeah. together to get it done, you know it was crisis yeah. time. 
What? Yeah, and no, and and I'll say this, and this may sound a little goofy, but from an emotional standpoint, and certainly fans in New Orleans have taken this and continue to take this ridiculously hard. But what, I, from a wins and losses for the Saints, I think the franchise needs Sean Payton to be okay with it. And in his press conference, the same day as Roger Goodell's press conference, he looked emotionally wrecked and clearly was trying to get over it and saying he was getting over it. But if you heard him, he did not look like he was getting over it. If you watched Sean Payton after this thing passed, the, you know, and it was a hallway kind of press, wasn't really a press conference, but, you know, he spoke to media after it happened. He was bubbly and upbeat to, for, for the emotional well-being of the Saints. The team needed to get past it. And it actually looked like they had. And I thought that may be the, the biggest long-lasting effect to the Saints is that Sean Payton now steps away feeling okay about this and ready to move on. And I think, I mean, look, the team to me is too stacked. Right now, I mean, obviously they should have been in this Super Bowl. They're stacked to get to the next Super Bowl, but they've, they've got to put last season behind them. And I think this emotionally will really help Sean Payton do that. And in that sense, it's a huge win for the city of New Orleans. It's a very familiar voice of Doug Mouton with us, WWL-TV Channel 4 anchor and sports director. Later this month, we've got the NFL draft, but... A little curious one for the Saints because they only have that one pick in the top 100 picks. Still getting pumped for the draft this year, Doug? Yeah, not like it used to be. I mean, but I will look, I'll say this too. The Saints have, have never had a problem with trading away whatever assets they can find to move up. Now, I don't think there's any way they can move up into the first half of round one. They got a first round pick next year. And they've got, I mean, I wouldn't put anything past them if they see something out there that they like. Somebody starts dropping, certainly by the time we get to round, the beginning of round two or even late round three, you've got this year's two. And I'm not saying they should do that, but I'm saying they have shown an absolute willingness to do it. I'd say when the draft starts, if, if, if all you care about is the Saints, skip about the first 15 picks, but then you better put it on. Because any time after pick 15, it wouldn't surprise me if the Saints jumped into the draft. Well, you know it's 1040 on Sports Talk Radio when we start going hypothetical, but it makes it fun. So, Doug, a lot of talk. Oh, and it's, it's, and the, the draft is all hypothetical. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. No, but a lot of talk the last week, even when I was off. I started hearing it, and you can feel the buzz starting to build. And I think it might reach fever pitch this summer. And that's the Becky Hammond buzz here as a possible coaching candidate for the Pelicans. Uh, do you have an opinion on Becky Hammond? Are you – uh, have you been thinking about the Pelicans' next coach? Should Alvin Gentry, and again, I think it's a should, not a will uh, thing. I don't think it's a done deal yet, but should he be fired? Yeah. I, 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 you bring in a new GM, I would say there's a 90% chance the new GM is going to want to bring in a new head coach. It should. Uh, Becky Hammond sure seems qualified. I mean, obviously I don't have a – you know, a lot to back up an opinion, yes or no. Um, sure, if, if they think she's the best person, honestly, I've been much more concentrating on the what happens with the GM and what happens with Anthony Davis, and then you figure that part out after that. I mean, 
you clearly have to make a GM move, decide what you're doing with Anthony Davis, and then move on from there. But, I mean, certainly there's going to be a lot of qualified candidates, and certainly she seems as qualified as anybody out there. We want to have a long debate in the sports office about what LSU does about its head coaching job. Um, I, I think it's a long shot that Will Wade stays, and there are a lot of really interesting people out there potentially for LSU. So there, there's a lot of int- basketball intrigue coming after basketball season. Ah, yeah. So I may go park myself in those sports meetings over at the building because uh, I am just very curious to know how insufferable Andrew Doak's going to be this week, Doug. Oh, with Texas Tech? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, look, Andrew is one of the great people that I've worked <laughs> with. Every day comes in with a smile on his face. Every day can't do enough. But I will say this. He is Texas Tech Red Raider through and through. We do a sports – we do a, a NCAA bracket with just the five of us in sports. And Andrew has Texas Tech winning the national championship, which should – surprise no one and they have been maybe the most fun team in the tournament to watch and it among the five of us if texas tech wins and gets to the championship game he wins the pool among the five. the way we do it is we all put up five dollars and then who's ever last has to put up an extra five and ricardo lecomte will be i try to avoid last <laughs> ricardo will be last if texas tech wins andrew wins if texas tech loses danny rockwell our sports producer wins but we haven't I, I i had both kentucky and duke getting to the championship game and they both lost back to back well so i that. was out i went yeah i went from the odds on team to beat to out of it in two straight games well i've been telling my sob story all night doug i had for the first time in my life i only do one bracket so this is sheets of integrity stuff this is 90 brackets and i pull out the one that i did well oh yeah i do one i do one as well yeah so i had a perfect sweet 16 16 to 16 never had it before in my life i did ricardo had 15 out of 16 he was the best at that round but then had everybody wrong advancing from there no that's my story doug 16 to 16 in the sweet 16 and i have zero (laughs) zero Oh, four. and none of the final four. None in the final four. I will say about Andrew, though, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from Spokane, Washington, grew up a Gonzaga fan, so we were texting a lot this last week. He was gracious and humble. I'll tell you, a lot more gracious in victory than I was in, in a loss. So you can you can tell him I said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you know Natalie Shepard. She, she's now working in Milwaukee. She was our main anchor yeah. for five years. Great, fun human being. For NCAA bracket. She has Michigan State beating Virginia in the final. Wow. She is she's she goes to Milwaukee, she enters the bracket at the station, and she's already almost sewn up the win among the eighty people who entered. That's awesome. That's awesome. Doug It's always fun, man. I'll give my regards to Andrew, okay, and tell him I forgive him for this uh, Zag uh, no, defeat. He, I don't want to see him Saturday <laughs> if Texas Tech wins. He will be absolutely Third, and they've never been to this point. And he doesn't cover Texas Tech, so he could just be a ridiculous, screaming idiot, <laughs> and no one minds. And I'm sure he will be. <laughs> no doubt about it. Really appreciate it, Doug. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon, man. Thanks so much. All right, Seth. Anytime. Okay. All right, Doug Mutson, sports director and anchor at WWL TV Channel Four. And yes, like I promised. I'm going to text Andrew about this. I'm sure he will not have a problem coming on the show to talk a little Red Raider basketball and also a talk about uh, the needling.
You know what? No, I'm not even going to lie. He wasn't needling me. That's not true. I'll have to check my phone. I don't think he was needling me at all. In fact, I think after Gonzaga lost, I was needling him about the officiating and stuff, which really didn't matter at all. I was just being I was being a total fan in that moment, trying to blame stuff on like officiating when it wasn't officiating. All right, this round to you, Andrew. Hopefully we'll see each other again in the tournament sooner rather than later. Thanks to Doug. Uh, when we come back, a little sports libs here on the last lap. It's been a fun show. It's been good to be back today. A couple of weeks off, week and a half off. Well, kind of off, mostly off. I'm not the same. I'm like my family. I'm my family. Hanging out with all my family, and I'm back. I'm so excited. All right, let's do a little sports libs. Do this every night to play a little Mad Libs, same premise on the road trip. Logan Falgu, our producer behind the glass, he's got a handful of statements or questions. There's some blanks, and we'll riff them. We're filling them in. Haven't seen these? You can text us at 870-870 and play along here. Logan, what's going on? What do you have for us tonight? Oh, uh, well, we've got two questions, three fill in the blanks. All right. You know, uh, we're going to jump right in here. Uh after coming back from your vacation, what story has gotten your attention the most? Sports story or just story? Sports story. Okay, good. Because I would have had to really think about that one. Sports story, it's – it's honestly, it's the be- – I've seen like f- three different articles linking – and I was just talking to Doug about this because it was unexpected. The three different articles linking Becky Hammond to the Pelicans' possible opening. That's why I'm talking about it tonight. And I've heard a lot about Becky Hammond in the last five years, but those stories caught my eye a lot. And then this today, it was the Odell Beckham. I understand he's excited. And, and look, we live in the world where you're parsing every single word that athletes say or write or tweet or put on Instagram. I think it's a little absurd. Little Odell Beckham talking about he's going to win a championship already, not wants to, but will win a title in Cleveland. Come on, Odell, it's Cleveland. So probably those, but second one's a little more silly. All next, right. next one up here. This new Tulane coach is going to be blank. I think he's going to be unexpectedly good. And that was just, I'm following my own cycle of drama here, following the Ron Hunter hire. Again, just take it through it. Initially, I was disappointed that Coach Sless wasn't hired because I'm a Coach Sless guy. I wanted him to get that job, and then he was. And I said, okay, I know Ron Hunter, Georgia State, a couple NCAA tournaments last two years. Started getting into his history and his history of recruiting talent and winning at schools that don't have a lot of history in, in winning Georgia uh, State. Then he had IUPUI before that. And again, he's made the postseason in five out of the last six years, three out of the last six years. He's made the NCAA tournament. I think this is a good hire. In fact, I think this is a better hire than maybe would have been par for Tulane here. So I like it. It's always a crapshoot at this level in college basketball, and it's going to be tough to win in that conference at Tulane consistently. Let's give Ron Hunter a shot. Hoping to have him on our program this week. Next. Okay, next one up here. What did you believe it was going to take to get the replay rules changed before they were, of course? Another disaster. I mean, I talked about it on this show. I just thought that the way this league had been run and the molasses pace of these owners and making any big-time change. And then you had Stephen Jones and John Elway and two unnamed sources, whoever they were on the competition committee. That's half the competition committee right there. All come out and say, it's not happening. There's not enough support. Then you have John Mara, CEO and owner of the Giants, come out and saying there's not enough support. And then he had the voice vote. When only nine of the 32 owners 
raised their hands or said something, they would vote in favor of changes to the replay and pass interference system. I thought it was over. It was done. And all of a sudden, in 48 hours, everything changes? I could not believe it. I saw... I either saw a tweet or I saw it on an email from our WWL email chain when he first blasted out. I had to do a double take. I'm going, what? This actually happened? I thought there was no chance. But like I said, good on the people in the NFL. We don't give Roger Goodell a lot of credit here, but he deserves credit in this one because everything that I'm reading and everything that I'm hearing, he was one of the main forces behind getting this done. And it wouldn't have happened without him. It just wouldn't have. All right, next one up here. This Final Four is looking to be blank. Intriguing. Very intriguing. And defensive dominated. You have Virginia and Texas Tech, two of the top three defenses in college basketball. And actually, it's Texas Tech with the top defense in college basketball. And they just beat down one of the most efficient offenses in recent history in college basketball, that of Gonzaga. We know what Virginia has done defensively. The last few years. Then you have Michigan State and Tom Izzo with that defensive background, big on the boards. I think this is going to be kind of old school, physical, slow it down, grind it out basketball. You are going to have the NBA crowd. You're going to have the anti-college basketball crowd. You're going to have the anti-NCAA crowd all out there this next weekend saying, oh, look, college basketball is boring. You're only scoring in the 60s. The game's terrible. No, get out of here with that. Get out of here. This is going to be fun. I like defense. I like offense in basketball, too, but elite defenses like we're seeing with Virginia and Texas Tech, not elite at Michigan State, but still a good defense there. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm all in on this, even though like the two teams that I wanted to somehow play in that Final Four game, LSU and Gonzaga, they're out. I'm still going to have a lot of fun with it. All right, next one up here. Becky Hammond, as the Pelicans coach, would be blank brilliant it's brilliant nothing's a sure thing i'm not sitting here telling you that becky hammond is the next great nba coach but in a small market in the nba sometimes you have to take massive risks in order to get to the level you're trying to get to and that's championship level i'm told you i'm again said earlier tonight i don't necessarily think alvin gentry should be fired i think he will be let go when the gm and president's hired like Doug Mouton said, they're going to want to hire their own person. And because Gail Benson is the owner, because she has a unique impetus to hire and make a hire like that, which would be like a landscape-changing hire in professional sports in America, I think it would be brilliant. I really do. And you want to talk about a fun first couple of years for Becky Hammond, regardless of wins or losses, and I think with the talent that they have, with Alfred now balling out and Julius Randle's under contract for another year and the assets they get back in an Anthony Davis trade, I don't think there'll be a long rebuild here. I think it'd be brilliant, and it would be really, really fun. Okay, well, that's it. How was your week off? Uh, or you, I should say week off for me, which is kind of a week off. I mean, you know, it was it was all right. I got to, uh, got to do a lot of things. Um, yeah, you don't have to actually – when you're just doing syndication, a lot easier, right? Yeah, because, uh, you know, here I have to I, I have to get the guests on. I have to answer the phones and all that. And you got to like, keep me in line. Yeah, and uh, and doing doing syndication through CBS Sports Radio like we were doing uh, and doing stuff like LSU. Yep. You know, it's not, it's not too difficult, you know. Uh, it, it's one of those things where 
doing doing this show with you really makes my brain function. You know? <laughs> I, in what way? That I don't not necessarily a good thing. Very much there. time management. Oh yeah, well there you go. That's with me. <laughs> but but on the other hand, when I do the other stuff. I get to basically just turn my brain off and autopilot through it all. So, you know, it's uh, it was relaxing. There we go. There you That's go. a nice all word. Right, I like it. Uh, here's a text from the 504. WTH is Becky Hammond. And I actually spell it Becky Hammond. No, it's Becky Hammond, H-A-M-M-O-N. One of the greatest WNBA players of all time. Spent the last five years at San Antonio as assistant coach under Greg Popovich. Highly regarded in the NBA and really one of the hottest coaching candidates out there right now. Somebody is going to scoop her up in the next few years. I firmly believe it as a head coach in the NBA. I just hope it's the Pelicans here. Just research her, Google her, and you'll find a lot on Becky Hammond, and most of it you'll probably like. Wrapping up the show next here, and moment is in from this past weekend of the NCAA basketball tournament here on The Last Lap. That's going to do it for our show. Thanks to Logan Falcu, Helen Santani, Diane Newman behind the scenes today, Tim Zimmer also. Thanks to all of our guests, Scott Alexander, Jeff Palermo, Doug Mouton. Thanks to you for listening. Final update on our opinion poll, 55% of you think that the NFL pass interference rules will mean more consistency, 45% saying chaos. Here's our moment of zen. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.